And just because you're baptized doesn't mean suddenly all godliness is inside you and you never ever stray. There were still temptations and it took me a few failures to completely let go of that old life. GMBA YouthCast. How do you embrace the change that God is working in your heart while still remaining true to who you are, especially when your friends and family aren't all on board? Today on YouthCast, Sister Darlene and Yanni, joined by her husband, Brother Joe, shares how she faced this exact dilemma and how she learned to embrace the best, most authentic version of who God made her to be. So Sister Darlene, thank you for being our guest. And just to to give a little background, before you met Joe and really started to understand God's plan for your life, you were pursuing acting pretty seriously as as like your career choice. So can you kind of uh, explain where that dream came from and you know, by the time you're in your late teens, where are you on that path? So, so I grew up in a house of five daughters, all just a year or two apart. And we were very theatrical. We put on plays and shows for the neighborhood. We, you know, all played musical instruments. We were all in the performing arts. That's just how we were raised. And so I was in a lot of the high school shows and people expected big things from me. And so I auditioned to go to a place called the American Academy of Dramatic Art in New York City. And it's a pretty famous place to study theater. People like Al Pacino and others have gone there. And I was accepted. However, I was only 17 years old when I was graduating from college. And my parents were absolutely against me going to live in New York City as a 17-year-old. So they said, no go go to college and go to college for a year and then see if you still want to follow your dream and become an actress. So I went to Michigan State University instead of going to New York to study acting. And what are you studying and how is that going? I'm studying theater arts and I quickly found out that even though I went to a class A big high school with 600 graduates, I was a big fish in a little pond. But at Michigan State, I was a little fish in a big pond. I realized that a lot of people had talent. I wasn't certainly the only one by any stretch of the imagination. And it was discouraging. And I think during that time, I got involved with a a boy that was also in theater, but he it was a very unhealthy relationship. I was a little bit prone to just being depressed. Things weren't turning out the way I liked. I wasn't going to New York to be a star. I stopped taking theater classes. I started living an unhealthy lifestyle and the choices that I made, going out every night and not attending school, um, literally flunking my classes and just aimless. I was very much aimless in my life, my freshman year of college kind of in this aimlessness at, at where do you go from there do you how do you kind of find a direction when you just feel like there's nothing that's a really good point i one day remember very vividly it was my now my second year of college just in the fall early fall and i was going to go um 
to a football game. So I said, well, I need a new outfit. And I walked into a clothing store and I grabbed all these clothes, went into a changing room, closed the curtain and just looked at myself in the mirror. It was like the first time I really had looked in myself in the mirror, face to face with that glowing fluorescent light. It was the first time I really looked at myself in a long time. And I hated what I saw. I didn't recognize myself physically. And my eyes just seemed devoid of joy. And I remember falling down to my knees on the carpeted rug and sitting in front of this mirror and just bowing my head. And I spoke out loud. I said, God, if you're real, if you even exist, if would you please help me? Just please help me. It was a simple cry, but it was a cry of um, wanting to believe in God, wanting to renew my faith, wanting to have some kind of purpose because I was truly broken and I was praying to a God I wasn't even sure existed. But something changed in me that day. Something profoundly clicked in me because when I got up off my knees, tears streaming down my face, I had. I can't even explain it, just a renewed bounce or energy in my step. And I started eating healthier. I started losing weight. I started to attend my classes. And the few weeks go by, and I just have a better attitude. And after a few weeks, I go to another city, Ann Arbor, another city where another university is there, University of Michigan. And I meet out of hundreds of people in a room, the only other man wearing a Michigan State outfit in enemy territory, and it was Joe. He and I were the only people in the room wearing Michigan State colors. And we started to talk. That's a whole nother story. I won't go into detail. And he and I started to date. So both of you guys kind of had a really heartfelt prayer that kind of changed the trajectory of things. What do you what do you think is like about those specific prayers or about certain prayers like that catch the Lord's attention or that seem like they they carry a weight with them or a, a change? I was truly at a loss. And he in my brokenness, he could he could work with me. Up until then, I thought I could fix all my problems myself. And I just was spiraling downward because my choices were so poor. And I had to get to the point where I just had no other choice but to go to the Lord. And he knew I was desperate. And I, th- I think that's what got his attention. My, my brokenness got his attention. Yeah, I think a lot of times when we feel like we got it all together or we got it all under control, sometimes, at least in my, for myself, I'll, I'll, my prayers will be something like, all right, God, this is what I'm going to do. Please bless it. You know, it's like, I got a plan, so we're going forward. As opposed to those prayers where you say, God, I really need, I need you, and I want your plan, and I'm ready to listen to what you have to say. It's like, I feel like that's kind of the the humility that, that the Lord is seeking for and that he honors. Yes. I, I think, again, I think you're exactly right. And it's, it's we really, truly, 100% give it to God. And often is we have to we have to be often really broken or humble, humble. ourselves, and not again as you said like just bless what I'm going to do. It's that I'm I'm willing 
to do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever direction you show me to go, I will go there, as opposed to trying to influence the direction of where you're going. Right. So I meet this man, but it's not because of Michigan State that I felt a connection with him. In my mind, I, I wanted to end the relationship with this man, this other gentleman, that I just knew he was very bad for me, bad for my mental spirit, but bad for every part of me, who I was as a person. You know someone's good for you when you're with them and they want, make you want to be the best version of yourself. And that's what I found in him very, very quickly. And I guess I would say the best thing he did is a person in the church dating a person not in the church was he didn't hold back who he was. He was told me right away who I am a Christian. I uh, belong to this church and um, I'm not going to the clubs with you. I'm not going to join you drinking and smoking and doing all this. I don't do this. He didn't swear, which I just found very interesting because <laughs> I unfortunately had very challenging vocabulary. I'll just <laughs> So I didn't know, like I'd never met anyone like him. He intrigued me. His integrity intrigued me. You know, I would do little things all the time, like lie. Like I, my roommate wanted to ride home for us to Detroit. We were going to, go visit his family. And I would say, oh, I'm not going that weekend. He goes, why did you lie? I said, because I want to be alone with you. He's like, that's not right. Go back and tell her to join us. And I'm like, what? He, he would just, he operated at a different level than I did. And by being around him, just simply by being around him, it helped me look at myself and say, is this the kind of person that I really want to be? Or do I want to be more like him? And I found myself wanting to be more like him. So then I had to ask, what is this about you? Where does this all come from? Is it how you were raised? And I quickly realized a lot of it was his, most of it was his faith. He was a baptized member of the Church of Jesus Christ. And he wanted to tell me about it and show me. So, about it. so how did you end up getting to know uh, the church a little bit and, and kind of making that decision eventually to to give your life to Christ. I was riding my bike one day along the river with Joe, and I fainted, completely fainted. And I had been having fainting spells. Maybe I wasn't eating enough. I don't know. That's what I thought was the reason. He took me to the hospital. They tested me. They came back and said, you're diabetic, which diabetes does run in my family. So I, in some ways, I wasn't surprised, but I was very discouraged. This is when Joe sat me down and said, we believe in our church in something called fasting and praying. I'm like, what does that mean? And he explained that people will abstain from food or from drink and really give themselves to prayer. And that he was going to ask the brothers and sisters and branch one to fast and pray for me. And I remember saying, like, why would they pray for me? I've never even met them. I don't know them. Like, why? And he said, they love me, so they'll pray for you. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, he called. I don't know who he called. I think presiding elder. And they fasted and prayed for me. Uh, about a week goes by. And he's like, let's go back to the hospital. Let's get you retested. I was retested and I had no diabetes. And I've never been diabetic since. Wow. So I started attending as often as I could, even though it was a few, about an hour and a half drive. We'd start, we'd go home on weekends and 
Joe would take me to church. And I, I fell in love with it, fell absolutely in love with it. And I went one day and a sister stood up and she was wearing a dress that I donated. I had cleaned up my closet and they had a, they had like a, a coat closet there that they would give clothes to any members or people off the street that needed clothes. And this woman stood up in a dress that for me was a rag, but to her, she stood up and she twirled in the, in the aisle and said, I just want to thank God for this beautiful dress that I got today. I'm so grateful. It's my first new dress I've had in a long time. And when she testified, I hadn't planned it. I jumped up and I just started crying and I asked, I asked to be baptized. And, uh, as we were driving to the river, um, I was looking out the window, and again, the Lord spoke to my spirit, and he reminded me that five years earlier, I was hit by a car, and I was in the hospital for two weeks, and he said, I saved your life that day so I could save your soul today. Wow. And so I was baptized one year after meeting Joe meeting his family, meeting the family of God and coming to church. And, um, and I loved it and I embraced it very quickly. I will tell you, there was a lot of challenges with my family. Uh, they, they, they thought that they, I would join something that they were very uncertain about and they questioned it all the time. And they made my life difficult for me. They would challenge me. Like they would make me do jobs and my other sisters would be sitting there. And if I argued back with them, they'd say, oh, well, that's not very Christian. They were constantly pushing my buttons to see if I would react. They wanted to know if this newfound faith of mine was real. And I remember my dad, who I was particularly close to, he sat me down and he said, I like the old darling better than this one. He liked the one that cursed and told body jokes and was, you know, not a person of integrity. I think my change made my family uncomfortable. And possibly, if I'm honest, maybe I tried too hard the other way to show that I was serious about this. So they felt like I'd lost a little bit of who I was. So I would say, in all honesty, as coming from outside the church to inside the church, it took me a while to find my grounding and to find out that I could be who God made me, uh, the t- talents or gifts that God used me, I can use those. I can be who I was meant to be, but a better version than wh- who I was before. And so once I could find that balance, like I'm now super close to all my sisters, my family, and uh, I'm actually the president of our family company over my older sister and, and the other three sisters, because I think people see that my integrity it, and my my word is real. What was it like, I guess, to kind of deal with this sudden and change and just how you spend your time and what's right and what's wrong? I didn't miss going to the clubs or smoking cigarettes or, or drinking. I didn't miss that. Um, but there was times if I was, he graduated a full year before I did. And there was times I was lonely. And so my only friends were my old friends right at Michigan State. He's now back in Detroit going to law school. And just because you're baptized doesn't mean suddenly all godliness is inside you and you never, ever stray. There were still temptations. And so I remember one time in particular, a friend called me up. 
I was living alone in a dorm room and I'm spending the whole summer there at uh, in East Lansing. And they said, why don't you come out with us? Let's go to the clubs, Let's go have a good time. And I hesitate for a second. I said, you know what? Sure, sure. I'd love to. And I hung up the phone. And as soon as I did, I heard a crash in the next room and I ran to the next room. And what was in there was on the floor broken, this beautiful wind chime that one of the sisters in the church had made for me. And it, it was all hearts, beautiful little uh, hearts. And then the dead center was this ginormous heart. And I think it said something like, Jesus is love in the middle. And I had tied it very tightly around and around a curtain rod so it would no way fall down because I was worried about it breaking. It looked like somebody had taken scissors to it and had fallen to the floor. All the tiny little delicate hearts on both sides, not broken, but the one in the dead center with Jesus on it was broken in half, just in half. And I picked it up. And when I picked it up, the spirit spoke to me and said, if you do this, you will break my heart. And I knew I couldn't go back to that old life. I had to let it go. It took me a few failures to completely let go of that old life. Um, But I remember distinctly that was the last time I even ever felt any temptation. So your whole, I guess, like life purpose and meaning has changed now. How does this affect your plans as far as your your career and your schooling? Because you're planning on being an actress. Um, So I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was one of those people. I think I took almost six years to graduate undergraduate school because I went into anthropology and social work. You know, I, I wanted to join the Peace Corps, but I was actually turned down because I didn't have any skills. Um, So I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? I took an introduction to elementary school teaching. I had no interest in teaching, really. But I saw the power of a very, very powerful teacher that I observed one day. She was outside with her kindergarten class, and the kindergartners are all eating the snow. And this teacher, just a beautiful little cherub of a teacher, said, you know, children, please don't eat that snow. It's not clean. And they're like, why? And she took a glass jar and just immediately said, I'll show you why, and scooped it up. Bought it inside, put it on the shelf of her desk, and she goes, let's look at this in an hour. And when an hour went by and it was all melted, she held it up and you could see dirt and everything floating around inside. She goes, and that, children, is why you don't eat snow. And they're all like, yuck. I know this is a silly little story. And it was my first day observing uh, elementary school teaching. Literally, thunderbolts went off in my head and my heart. I just said, look at the power of this. And look at her, she's entertaining these kids with, with her stories and, and she's teaching them and she's making a difference in this world because these kids are learning so much. They're like little sponges. That was it. I was done. I became an elementary school teacher and I've never looked back. I taught for almost, almost 32 years and I loved my career as well. I, Joe and I both loved our careers so much and we feel privileged to have been educators. Yes. So. Th- First of all, I'm never eating snow again. (laughs) You had like a a, a kind of a dream, though, of being an actress. Do you feel like like you missed out by giving that up? Um, I I really I I don't. And I don't for a variety of reasons. Um, 
I feel like I still have uh, a stage, so to speak, if I can be honest. My stage for a long time was my classroom. Even when I get asked to teach a lady circle class or go do a lady circle seminar, I love it. I love that I can use my love for the gospel and my love for public speaking and join them together to hopefully bring some kind of message or blessing to a crowd. Always giving God the honor and glory because it's a joy to do something like that. Um, that so it's used in other ways. I have to say, in my own experience, that is one of the most fulfilling and joyful experiences when you can take something you naturally love to do yes. and then find a way to use it to bless God and bless other people with it. It is like one of the most, just gr- the greatest things you can do in, in your life. I couldn't so, agree more. Yes. And and even um, last summer, we were at Vacation Bible School. <laughs> last summer, you guys, got, got corralled into that, but that was fun. That's right. And you guys did some good acting. Um, <laughs> you guys were, were acting in the Bible story. I, I actually, I have a clip of that. Of when I never watch myself, so there you go. I've never <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try this here. Oh, children, did you hear the news? Jesus is alive, and even though you don't see him right now, he lives in our hearts, doesn't he? In fact, he's like a light inside of us. We call that light love, don't we? When we love each other. And the kids at school and our teachers and our parents and our family and even our brothers and sisters, when we love them, that's like shining our light, isn't it? So he wants us to shine the light of Jesus everywhere we go. When we were doing that at VBS, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, we're acting. But now, like, having heard your testimony, I realized, like, even though you're acting there, you're it's like you're speaking it from your heart because that is your testimony, that someone shared the love of God with you. And it took you from a dark place and totally transformed your life. And I just, I just think that's so awesome how even to these kids, you can use your passion and you can use your testimony to be a blessing. Don't be afraid to be who you are, bold in Christ. The, the, you never know who you're going to affect or impact. And, it, and we're so timid sometimes. We're so afraid to be embarrassed or to be open and honest about who we are and what we believe, but oh my goodness, I'm so thankful that he was because it drew me to him. Maybe it wouldn't have drawn everyone, but it did draw me and I wanted to know more. I have to close with this scripture because this scripture is the one that speaks to me the most and it resonates with me because um, years after I was baptized, I was in branch one and brother Peter Scalero giving one of his many very profound and insightful and impactful sermons like he always does. He read Alma to me, Alma 32, 27. And when he read it, it was the like I immediately was taken back to me being in that clothing store, kneeling on the floor, because it says this, Behold, if you will awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words, exercise just a particle of faith, even if you can no more than desire to believe. And that's where I was. I just desired to believe. Let this desire work in you 
even until you believe in a manner that you can give place for a portion of my words. That to me, that scripture has and always will speak to me as I'm so thankful that that desire was in me enough to cry out that day. And he came in, he changed my life. I, I became healthier. I, hey, by the way, I made um, honor roll every semester afterwards. So I went from being on academic probation to being honor roll. And I graduated with honors from Michigan State. All of that, becoming a member of the church, a sister in the church, all these things, finding my husband, all because I was broken, willing to let him in. And he brought the Church of Jesus Christ into my life. So I am eternally and forever grateful for that. Thank you guys both for being my guests. Even if nobody watches this, I I was very blessed interviewing (laughs) you guys. I think other people will be too. Um, That video was actually recorded at our Vacation Bible School in Pine Top Lakeside, Arizona last summer. We had a blast, and actually this summer we're planning to do another Vacation Bible School, and we're going to make it a Youth in Action Tour. So any young people, set aside June 11th through 18th. We hope to see you there. You will not regret it. I'm Maddie L. from Farmington Hills, Michigan. You can connect with the GMBA on YouTube, all major podcast platforms, and Instagram. There are links in the description. Make sure to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and share this with someone you know. Thank you. Thank you.